1: Hello, and welcome into today's episode of KCSN Update. Here is your daily Chiefs podcast YouTube video from us at KC Sports Network. Rocking the new KC Sports Network merch from Charlie Hustle. You can check the link in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube uh, or on the podcast version, you can check the link in the description to copy some of this great merch from Charlie Hustle. Really love this shirt. The hoodie is incredibly comfortable. I can't stop wearing the hoodie, but I had to stop wearing it for today's show because I keep wearing it too much. That's really what the problem is. And I'm excited for today's episode where I'm going to be joined by Ryan Tracy. You probably know him from RGR Football, Locked On Chiefs. He does the Locked On NFL. He does the NFL 33. He's all over the NFL when it comes to creating content for not only the Chiefs, but NFL content in general. He joins me to talk a uh, little Chiefs Chargers, talk a little bit about the Jaguars, a little bit to get his thoughts on, you know, Kadarius, Tony, some of the things we that are big takeaways from that game. But then we focus on the Chiefs and Chargers because it's time to shift gears into that uh, the game matchup, the game preview uh, for Sunday night football matchup that is going to be highly anticipated, a lot on the line. Chiefs could really lengthen themselves, not only in the AFC, but in the AFC West as well. Could kind of cement themselves with only, uh seems like only a few games left to play. They've only got a few teams left to play. They still got to play the Broncos twice, but the Chiefs could sure up that AFC West spot. Without having to play the Broncos, which would be kind of cool to hold over Broncos fans, heads, not going to lie. But before we get into my conversation with Ryan, I've got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. And NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up. Same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win player props and point totals. I love the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is the best app out there for user experience. Uh, good lines. I mean, one of my favorite places to go. It is my place to go with bigger payouts at bigger than ever. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. I don't use any other app. Uh, I really don't. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. This is what you got to do. Use that promo code KCSN, and you place a $5 bet on a pregame money line to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, I am pleased to be joined by a man of many hats. Uh, you probably know him from RGR football, the YouTube channel. Uh, NFL 33 is another thing. Ryan Tracy does. He also does the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Ryan, I'm sure I missed something. I know when you were on with BJ Kissel earlier, he missed something. So I'm sure that I missed something.
2: <laughs> well, if you, if you want to hear more draft talk, I do run the Locked on NFL draft show as well. There we so, go. Yeah. Hey, we got to cover draft too, right? I know it's not the time of the year,
1: but we'll get there. We will indeed. I mean, you know, you know us at KC Sports Network. We love the NFL draft. We'll, we will be all over it. You'll be all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of great places to get not only Chiefs content, draft content as well. So very excited, Ryan, to have you on the show um, and, and talk some Chiefs, some Chiefs Chargers, because uh, big matchup coming up on Sunday.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And I and I agree. Like This is, I think, supposed to be bigger. the season started, right? Especially if you (laughs) listen to anybody who has a a microphone in front of them from the national perspective. Woo, this was going to be the big thing. I'm not sure that it has that ramification, but now it's about running it out, right? Mm
1: -hmm. It it is indeed. So before we fully shift our focus onto the Chargers, which is what we do kind of here later on in the week, we shift our focus from... You know, the win against Jacksonville, kind of a kind of an ugly 27-17 win. One of my favorite things about that is the Jaguars pulled off all the stops. And it was really never, uh, for me personally, I really never felt like that game was ever in doubt. And the Jaguars were pulling out all the stops, onside kicks, getting turnovers. I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, it's not going to bother me at all. I don't know how you felt.
2: Yeah, it didn't bother me at all either. I, I was intrigued by how aggressive they were kudos to doug peterson he he knew he had to get off on a a hot foot didn't quite happen that way but if i'm in his position i gotta do the same thing right like i'm i'm trying to find any way i can force a possession change or anything that gives me a chance to get a few more points or get out to a lead although i think with the record of, of being down 10 points i don't know that i want to put patrick in that position
1: right yeah no he's one of those guys where uh, he's not not dead until he's dead. And and uh, to to Brett Coleman, he he talked about this yesterday. And we talking about the Chiefs. He's not gonna count out the Chiefs until the Chiefs are actually home, which I think is probably what you should do. Obviously, we're a little biased here. We cover this team, so we 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 see it firsthand. For Patrick Mahomes, with you know Travis Kelsey, all those guys. The Travis Kelsey conversation is becoming clear it away. He's he's obviously the best tight end in the league. I don't know if you saw the uh, graphic field Yates put out just about all the other tight ends in the league. It's clearly Travis Kelsey and then a, a huge gap and then everybody else. Uh, so it's it's, it's, it's been kind of interesting. Age 33 season, man. Still doing it. It's impressive. Um, happy to see. So what was kind of your big general takeaway from that Jaguars game, Ryan?
2: The, 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 the shift in what they were able to do, getting in the rookie running game going a little bit Being able to adapt, and obviously Tony wasn't the focus of that offensive game plan, but making sure that you've done enough work to include him when you need to. I think this is really the big thing is they were able to adapt all the way around. Got rookie contribution on the defensive side of the ball. Probably, it's sad now because I don't think George Karloftis is getting uh, the love that he should because he's been nice and steady, right? He hasn't been super flash in the pan but he's contributing every week. And so, I mean, I did it myself. I even ran a poll that was like, okay, Pacheco or McDuffie's return or was it Leo Chanel's like kind of debut, which I'd been waiting for. I actually thought I was gonna have it was going to happen against the Titans. But Jordan kind of got left out just because he's been that solid. And so like that adaptation across the board, I think, has really been the story of the last not just week but a couple of weeks culminating in the Jaguars game that, hey, if, if you got to do this, make sure that you do it well be able to zig when they zag, and, and that's what's going to come down in January as well.
1: Absolutely, and it's good to see the run game get going a little bit. You mentioned Pacheco. I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Now, I know a lot of people were quick to point out that Trey Smith didn't have a very good game against the Titans. He was going up against a very good just player in general, and Jeffrey Simmons, who's uh, as close to a Chris Jones equivalent as you can get uh, in the league right now. So I didn't put too much stock into the struggles that the offensive line had and the run games uh, against the uh, the Titans. I don't know how you kind of felt about that and kind of uh, against this young, but pretty talented front that the Jaguars had. like they've got some they've got some real talent, I think on that on that front,
2: yeah, absolutely. I think you can't discount the opponent ever, but in particular right. these last two weeks. They have been fronts that are formidable. And I will say this, playing when you're not 100% is something that happens across the board, but particularly along the offensive line. Ask Jeff, I'm sure he'll go into detail, about just how much stuff guys play through. And I think in particular, Trey Smith is still dealing with not only a peck, I think he's got a little lower body thing as well that's still probably a nagging issue. So I'm not going to be too concerned about it as long as it's not getting to the point where Patrick's getting blindsided because of interior penetration or something like that, then, Hey, you're going to muddle through and you're going to work through that. Hopefully it allows enough time for Trey to recover and get to that point. You know, hopefully they get the buy and you get a week off here when it really counts in January. And then that can help him recover.
1: Six feet of snow projected for uh, Buffalo uh, this week. So maybe (laughs) Buffalo can slip a game. Chiefs can pick up another game on Buffalo. Then, I don't know about you. It's just something that came to my mind. I I think I'm a little bit more worried about Miami than I am Buffalo, in, in all honesty, in terms of that number one seed in the AFC.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that. But again, this is such a new offense. It's purring right now. Put five, six yeah. more games of film out there. I'm not so sure that, that there doesn't become an antidote. And I'm not going to say a, a fix, but everybody's got right. weaknesses. And there's ways to attack every offensive scheme. And while they are hot as all get out, I think there, there will be somebody that comes up and says, hey, let's tweak this, make things a little bit harder. And if anybody knows to, how to defend Tyreek and therefore defend Jalen Waddle a lot, it's probably the guys in Kansas City.
1: That's that's probably fair. Uh, I, I'm excited to see. Uh, you have to think that that's going to be a matchup. The NFL wants that matchup. You know, yeah. you, you know how bad the NFL wants uh, Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City or uh, God forbid the Chiefs have to go down to Miami. But it, either way, it, it's the matchups that the NFL wants, the storylines, the headlines. Uh, not only do you get Tua coming back to Kansas City, playing Kansas City, or, I mean Tyreek, but you also have the Tua Mahomes conversation as well that you're running into with the MVP race. Um, interesting conversation that that Brett and BJ had on yesterday's case. Yesterday update, just kind of the nuances around it about how you can't really discount what Tua is doing just because... Uh, he has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle because you didn't discount Patrick Mahomes for right. what he was doing in 2018 when he had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So I think that's a very fair point.
2: And, and nobody wants this matchup more than Tyreek. I mean, let, let's be honest. This is about blowing up and getting the national spotlight.
1: Nothing's going to do it more than that matchup. So let's shift our focus here to the Chargers. Um, this team, man, I... There's a point. There's a part of me that feels bad for the Chargers. You look at their injury report, their IR list. It's a laundry list of all pros. Uh, their roster, their their uh injury report could have some serious Pro Bowlers on it. They'd be good good candidates for Pro Bowlers. But it just seems like this is something that happens every single year. Yeah, I mean,
2: every franchise has consistencies, right? (laughs) <laughs> Andy's never going to go run the score up by forty points, and the Chargers are never going to put a full team on the field. That's just the way that it is. And it, at some point, it comes down to franchise or, organizational accountability. Yeah. What keeps happening is it the practice facilities, is it the way that you practice? I know you've had coaching changes. We've we've seen the injury bug like span regimes. So you got to figure something out. In the end, it's
1: about taking care of your
2: own, and it is on you as an organization.
1: Absolutely, and I I just. It's a thing like it's something you have to talk about now when it with the Chargers people anticipate, you know, uh, the Chargers to win the AFC West. It seems like every offseason and then it seems like this time of year every year we're talking about how many injuries they have. They're talking about a pierced lung on a on a shot. We're talking about all kinds of weird stuff like what what's going on. Uh, It's it's a it's amazing that there has been so many regime changes but not very many medical staff changes. When you look at the thing as a whole, how come they haven't just revamped, redone the whole medical staff there? Uh, Something that's beyond me. And I believe Tyrod Taylor is suing the Chargers for that uh, situation.
2: I do believe you're correct. And I think there is a physician that's supposed to be named specifically in that lawsuit that uh, I have not gone and dug that out, but it comes back to, like you said, why are you not doing everything you can to overhaul the product that you're putting on the field by giving them not just good facilities, which I think we can argue that that stadium is now you know elite amongst the NFL, but yeah. practice facilities, rehab facilities, the staff that's doing it. I mean, there's no rule against overspending in your training staff.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: So let's talk about the team that's going to be on the field. Uh, we could spend a lot of time talking about the team uh, that's not going to be on the field. But for the Chargers, they're, it, I think this is very interesting, too. Eric Bietamie talked about this. He, he said it seems like all these guys get healthy for the Chiefs. This is these teams' big game. They're going to get healthy for the Chiefs. You have Field Yates tweeting out how Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both getting close to practicing. They're, they're taking some reps. Will we see those guys? Will we, will we not? Is this a, just uh Hey, you got to make sure you're game planning for these guys. Um, it's a gamesmanship thing. I think chiefs are kind of doing the same thing when it comes to McColl and Juju. Probably um, Juju should probably not play this game. I'll be honest. I don't think Juju should play this game, um, but I, you're here. You're not going to see Andy Reid come out and say Juju's not going to play, so the Chargers don't have to game plan for him. Um, so I, yeah. I'm curious to kind of what are your thoughts on this matchup as as a as a whole, Ryan. I know we kind of talked about it's probably not as big as the NFL wanted it to be when they flexed it into <laughs> uh, the the Sunday night, and even at the beginning of the season when they made this matchup. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? You
2: know, the, the big thing is, like you said, like who steps up their game, who pushes through whatever injuries they're dealing with that are the type that you can just deal with playing or, you know, do some kind of loosening rehab, you know, th- things that loosen you up so that you can participate in the ball game. Maybe they get a player or two back. I don't know that they get everyone. And honestly, if they don't, it's it's the guy that has the knack against the Chiefs defense that concerns me more. Keenan Allen doesn't scare me. He hasn't for a couple of years now. I, I got this guy named Sneed that I can roll out there against him, and I'm comfortable with that. He's going to get his. I'm not saying that it's a shutdown situation. But I can live if that's what's happening with the underneath stuff, the crossers that Allen's going to get. That all works for me. It's about two guys and not letting Austin Eckler get out of your control like he has in the past a couple of times. On paper, it shouldn't happen with their offensive line situation. But every now and then he does. And keeping an eye on Mike Williams because Mike Williams, if he is back, has had this knack against the Chiefs' DBs. I know there's a lot of concern about one in particular. I'm not that worried about number 21. We probably need to get into the, the specifics of why, though.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's your, the first matchup. Trent McDuffie not on the field. Uh, and, and Trent McDuffie has played very well. He's played, uh, I, I believe he just allowed his first catch this last week. Now, granted, he was on the IR for quite, for, for a little bit. But still, in, I think, four games, he'd only allowed one catch. Um yeah. Pretty darn impressive from your from your first overall pick that you had. Uh, first first round pick, I should say. I, I th- I've i been really impressed with Trent McDuffie. I have personally, I know that the guys at the, at the Casey lab are, are impressed with McDuffie. Um, I think that could be big. This could be big in this matchup that he's back and he's playing.
2: Yeah. And when I talked to the guys pre-draft, I think we were all kind of on the same range for Trent. It ended up the Chiefs got him in that range. I think it was a good value. And I think everyone's concern going into that draft was about arm length. Okay, fine. I think he's proven on the field for a guy that played 82% zone in college that he's able to step up and play, man. He's able to mirror. The yak that he's allowed, I believe, on the season is a grand total of 16 yards. So, yes, there's been receptions allowed, but nobody's getting away from him. He's in phase. He's there to make the play. You can't account. An old coach of mine used to say, Perfect ball placement from a quarterback beats perfect coverage every single time, and that's the case here. So if you're in position to make the play, even if it's Mike Williams, you don't let him go up over the top of you. That's going to be the thing. Trent can leap. I'm not concerned about that. It's if you're rotating and he's creating the matchups that he wants, and you got to hope that if you are a, an offense coordinator worth your salt, that you're going to find what you think is the best matchup and put Mike Williams on it. So are the other rookies ready for this? Because I think the physicality for Jalen Watson and Josh Williams is going to be really key in dealing with Mike Williams in particular. And I have a feeling, just from what I'm hearing out there, Mike Williams is the the one that is most likely to be himself should he make the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so too. Mike Williams, you mentioned, has been a Chiefs killer, even in the first game. Um, I've got him on my fantasy team, mm-hmm. and it seems like every time he plays the Chiefs, I'm like, I should probably sneak him in there, um, just just oh, in case he does tough. it. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's a tough, it's a tough little uh, conundrum. It's a, it's like a dynasty league too. So I've had him for for a few years, and it's just been one of those things where I'm just like. I should probably play him, but it won't feel good to play him. But I, I probably should. But no, it's interesting as you bring up the uh, the other rookie corners. I think uh, Joshua Williams has been a very good, sure tackling corner. And, you know, Brett Beach loves those guys that can tackle. And I think the Chiefs' secondary uh, as a whole, um, I should say corners uh, as a whole might be the best tackling corners in the league. I don't know if it's too uh, crazy for me to go out on a limb and say that. I think it's a pretty sturdy limb, uh, but I think that that's going to be key. Uh, no yards after catch uh, stuff like that. I that, that can kill. I can kill guys like that, especially with Justin Herbert, who is still kind of dealing with that rib injury. I don't know if it's talked about a whole lot, but it's definitely still affecting him.
2: Yeah. And, and I think uh, there's a small group that probably has their eyes very much set on where that particular rib injury is. Uh, Frank Clark's return. I, I like skinny Frank Clark. I got to tell you, like I, I'm happy with this version of him. Um, and he's very aware, not just of being able to jump back in at set the edge for the run game, which I think is what they're going to try to use to protect Herbert. But mm-hmm. being able to understand how he moves, it does come into the experience. While I like what Karloftis is doing, not having played enough against Herbert, I think he has a tendency to lull uh, defenders who don't have experience against him into thinking that he's this lumbering kind of non-athlete but that will bite you if you're not careful. So Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, they got his number, and I think they understand exactly where they need to hit him.
1: Not only have those two guys been, well, I mean, Frank Clark was doing good before the suspension. The defensive line played really well during the suspension. I kind of thought that there was going to be a, a bit of a drop-off but I didn't really notice any drop-off at all uh during that suspension Frank Clark been playing well you get him back into the fold Colin Saunders has been playing very well uh in stuffing the run and and getting after the quarterback he's getting sacks he's he's getting the big max but uh no I'm excited to see what that defensive front can do against an offensive line that looks a little bit different than the than the time before when they played him I believe Rashawn Slater was still playing uh left tackle for the Chargers when when uh when the Chiefs played them in Week Two, that game seems so long ago. Yeah, right. um, there's been a lot that's happened, not only for the Chiefs but for the Chargers in this little uh, week span. But um, yeah, I'm very interested to see kind of how the defense uh, goes up against this Chargers offense. Kind of contains them. And they were able to do it uh, in in Game One, uh, but let's flip to the other side of the ball in the Chiefs' offense. You know chargers again injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the chargers their defensive line is seemingly decimated uh they released jared tillery he's now got claimed he's, he's with the raiders but then they placed two other defensive linemen on the injured reserve so they're going uh, their backups backups are now looking like that they are going to play uh for the chargers here how much do you think that impacts this game and kind of this matchup
2: I think it has to. I mean, we don't have a very clear window on what their depth is. Maybe they've got a monster hiding in the third string that I don't know about. I don't know. That could be possible. Unlikely, though. So for me, it's, again, going back to to Andy and Patrick. And as much as you don't want to take the ball out of Patrick's hand, as, as little as possible anyway, I think what you got last week from the offensive line, and Isaiah Pacheco shows you, that you put a little bit more balance on this offense and it helps everything get done. I think that that's what you got to do. If you have deficiencies on the defensive line across from you, go attack it, attack it until they make you stop. So I would like to see them double down on what they did last week. Uh, a few more handoffs, um, a few less RPO calls that can get away from uh, number 15, where he's like, ah, maybe I'll just throw it. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'd like to
1: see that less decisions that he has to make. Just tell him to hand it off. I like that. Oh, I... Eric, I go back to this point that Eric Bienamy made during his press conference. To get better at running the ball, you gotta run the ball. And I think you, this is a good good gonna be a good game to see the Chiefs do that to get some of those run the ball reps in. Maybe they get off uh get off to a quick 24-0 lead, 21-0 lead, and then you see him run the ball a little bit more. Try to try to you, you know, we all know that Andy's gonna take the foot off the gas in the last bit of the minute if he gets up three possessions, so See, see, him run the ball, run the ball with a little bit of efficiency, a little bit of effectiveness. But uh, when talking about the offense, I'm curious uh, to number one, Ryan, your reaction to Kadarius Tony's game. I don't know if you would have told if you would have told me when the Chiefs made the trade that in his second game, he would have six touches, 120 scrimmage yards. I would have been like, ah, that's crazy. Uh, so what was your reaction to, to, to Tony's performance?
2: I was right there. I just took the under all day long. you know i mean we talk about it every single year how difficult it is to jump into this offense and learn it right now there's some terminology that's that's got some carryover from what uh and devil were doing in new york so maybe there's some kind of trigger words you can lob onto, and that's fine conceptually you're going to have bits and pieces that within an offense you can do that but it's it's the ad lib aspect of what they're seeing and i know a lot of folks are concerned about sky Moore. i'm not i think the the Level of competition jump for him is exactly kind of where I thought he was going to be in that it's significant. Whereas Tony's been in the league struggling, working. When you get to the point where you just have to do your job, you don't have to worry about anything else blowing up the play like you have to do in New York. I think it, it opens the gate, the floodgate in particular this time. I, I think it's just the beginning. And it if they get to the point, like they used the run game, <laughs> imagine this scenario. What does that do for what? the charters have to do. It puts Derwin James in in a pickle because he's got to come down into the box. They're going to run well. That changes things. You get him closer to striking distance to Tony or Hardman if he's back. They both have the speed and the short area quickness to get away from James. And he's got to pay attention to Travis. You don't have six Derwin James back there.
1: So somebody's going to have a lot of opportunity. It's going to be, I'm going to be excited to see what they come up with, what they scheme. Not only did Tony get, you know, six touches, but they were all different in, in this sort of touches. They weren't package plays. They weren't, uh, all right, Kadarius, go learn this formation right here and then figure, and then we'll figure out how to get you the ball. They were all different. And I think that that was good uh, for what I see. He was catching the ball, getting some carries. Uh, I like it. I like what I've seen from Kadarius Tony. I'm still a little hesitant. I'm not ready to, to fully fully go all full send on Kadarius Tony. I've been hurt before by these mid season <laughs> acquisitions, uh, thinking that they're going to do all kinds of stuff. But uh, I think it's going to be good, a uh, good matchup for the chiefs offense, um, especially going up against, as you mentioned, putting Derwin James in a pickle is going to be big. Cause that's their guy. I mean, that's their guy. You got to uh, create some conflicts. That's what offense is, is creating conflicts for defenses. Um, and, and I think that they've got the personnel to do it. Obviously, i um, excited to see what Patrick can do, and, and I want to get your, your thoughts on this before uh, I let you go, Ryan. I appreciate you joining me, um, but Patrick Mahomes' legs this season, I feel like uh, it, it may be something we talk about every year that, like, oh, you don't talk about Patrick Mahomes scrambling. You don't talk about Patrick Mahomes' rushing ability very much. There's a decent possibility, barring, you know, Isaiah Pacheco goes off in the last part of the season, he could lead the team in rushing yards, um, and, and maybe that's just because of a split by committee in the backfield, but... Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of Patrick Mahomes' ability to scramble, run for first downs? And it's, it, it seems like his timing seems impeccable when it comes with when he's going to tuck in, when he's going to go.
2: Well, yeah, he's the master of opportunity, right? If you're going to continue to give me these light boxes and you're not going to pay attention to what I'm doing, I can reset my chains myself like that. And and that's the key that you got to recognize, right? I feel like what I'm enjoying the most is that he doesn't seem to be pushing for the extra yardage. Yeah, I think in seasons past, he's he's wanted to make a bigger play. Um, I, I'm all for the amazing kind of like, uh, you know, hit the brakes, he'll fly by kind of thing that we've seen him do. Sorry, Ravens fans. But at the end of the day, it's about resetting the chain so you can do what you do best. And so be cautious with yourself. We all know he's never going to sneak again in his career. So right. that's good. But that also plays into don't take injury risks with yourself at all, because let's be honest. Chad Hennie is a good backup quarterback that belongs on the sidelines.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bills might not be doing any quarterback sneaks anytime soon either. Um, That's tough. Uh, I know I said last question, but I want to ask you, I think, about Clyde Edwards-Alaire before we leave. Um, Are you worried that he didn't get any carries last game? Not particularly. Uh, I think you want to
2: feed whoever's hot. And I, I do think that for him and his future in Kansas City, his future in, in the NFL, it is probably not as bright as it was a season ago. But I do think you have the ability because of this group to go with the hot hand. And they wanted to see what Pacheco had. I think he, he carried well. That doesn't mean he's always going to be the lead back. It might not even mean that he starts every ball game. I think Clyde has specific skill sets, and if he can get past the point of needing what I think is kind of a a longer runway to get into a rhythm, uh, whereas Pacheco seems to hit a little bit quicker in terms of Mm -hmm. being, okay, two carries, I I can feel it. I think if he can get past that, he can still have valuable games, maybe leading games for this offense before the season's out. Especially, uh, I, I look to him when the rookies hit the wall. When when the yeah. season's just too long for them, when it comes to the postseason, like he's been there, done that at least enough to know where the game's gotta go.
1: Absolutely, I think having Jerick McKinnon in that room helps a whole lot too. He's been a really good addition, not only for the run game but the pass game as well. He led the team, I believe, in receptions last week, and um, good to see that for Jerick. Man, I've always been a big Jerick McKinnon guy. Uh, even when he was coming out, I, I did like him. But uh Chargers uh, are six point dogs at home. Chiefs favored by six points going on the road here. Ryan, what are your thoughts on that line? uh
2: Six is not enough. Sixteen might be more more likely, and and I think. It should be. I hope that what this team is starting to learn is that you can't just rely on always coming back. You got to get to that lead and you got to maintain it. You got to keep pushing. And we all know that Andy's not going to necessarily keep his foot down. Patrick has some ability at this point with some of the calls that he'll have, you know, one or two goes to decide what to do to keep pushing that. And I think that's going to be important, not only now, but particularly as they get down later in the year, later in the season where they have to rely on that because they're not necessarily up by multiple
1: scores. I agree. It's going to be a fun one to watch on Sunday night football, another night game for the Chiefs, and they're not going to be playing very many noon games. Um, That's just how it rolls. The NFL likes them in that primetime slot. I believe they might still have one more opportunity to flex. Uh, I'll have to dig into that. I think there's been, yeah, right. There's been, uh, I think, one more opportunity. I think the Christmas game has been talked about. Um, But we'll see. There's some good matchups. I think it'd be brutal to cover a game on Christmas. I will say that. Um, But (laughs) never underestimate the NFL, Ryan. Uh, (laughs) Never underestimate it. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate you uh, uh, sharing some insight in this team and in this matchup. Yeah, thanks for having me. Alright, that's going to do it for today's episode of KCS and Update. If you're watching this video on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Go go over to RGR Football. Go uh, to their channel. Go subscribe. Locked on Chiefs. Go subscribe to that channel as well. Uh, we love everyone who makes Chiefs content. There's a lot of great Chiefs creators. We're thankful that Ryan hopped on. We're thankful we got a lot of different Chiefs creators that come on and, and talk some Chiefs with us, and we're glad that you made KCSN just one stop of, I'm sure, many in your quest to find the best content on the best team in the NFL. So thank you again guys uh, again for watching all the way to the end of video if you're listening on the podcast channels make sure to subscribe and follow and leave a five-star rating in your review if you feel so inclined tomorrow bj Kissel will be back with trevor sigma to get his three key matchups of this chiefs chargers game i will be back next week on next thursday to talk a little uh matchup i'm excited to see what we got next week so until then i'll talk to you guys later